Hello and welcome to the Level Up Nursing podcast. I am your host, Harry, and this is the second episode, Nursing with Guidance. And I'm a nursing apprentice and a nursing student uh, with BBP University. And this is a special episode because I'm not just joined by one guest, I'm joined by two guests. Um, Bit of a disclaimer, they are members of the university, they are members of staff of the university. However, uh, they are not... Uh, nursing members and staff. So, on the topic of the episode of Nursing with Guidance, I am joined by the wonderful Tamsin and the wonderful Jess. So, um, Tamsin, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. Hi, um, I am part of the Students Association, and I my role is an independent education and welfare advisor, similar to Jess. Uh, we are a two-man team, or two-woman women team, I would call it <laughs> um and yeah I'll let Jess introduce herself as well yeah um I'm Jessica Hill I am also an independent education and welfare advisor um we are indeed a two-woman team um and we have been working quite closely with some nursing students as well running the positivity events um and just really trying to uh communicate what we do awesome awesome so that actually brings me wonderfully on to my disclaimer for the episode so Any views expressed by myself or my two lovely guests are strictly our own. They do not represent the NHS trust I work for or the university they work for. They are strictly our own. They are our own opinions. They've taken time out of their day. I've taken time on my own day. They do not reflect any professional body, other professional organisation, any nursing organisation, any trade union or any other professional or charity any other affiliated organisation, be it nursing or independent advice um, they work for or myself work for or do anything outside of that. It is only strictly our own. We're all having a wonderful little chat to see how we can benefit nursing students and nursing apprentices alike. So, guys, um, I do actually have an interesting question for you both because it's been a long time since I've been in any sort of formal education or formal higher education. So strictly, what do you guys do? Nice and simple. What do you guys do as independent well-being or independent advice? What do you guys do and how do you support apprentices and students? Well, I normally say uh, as a kind of um, entry into what we do is that the Um, document we attach to most of our emails is called what to do when things go wrong Um, and that pretty much sums up so um, anytime a student is struggling with their studies maybe they haven't been able to submit an assessment or they've missed some classes or they have not received the grades that they were hoping for um, they can come to us and we can tell them what their options are also um, welfare concerns like financial concerns or mental health concerns they can come to us and we can point them in the right direction or be able to give them um some some help as well some support um yeah so just to um as jess mentioned we help when things go wrong so if there's an exam or an assessment that you have due that for whatever reason any unforeseen circumstances you're not able to sit 
um, we're here to support you with um, completing your application essentially so we have multiple different avenues you can go down so we have extenuating circumstances and that's basically where um, before your assessment or 10 days after your, your assessment you can submit an extenuating circumstance application and that will allow you to um, essentially have that sit or that attempt of that assessment be voided and then you'll have another opportunity to sit that assessment again but at, um, at the next available time so that's one of the avenues you can go down and that's usually before your assessment is due or 10 days after the assessment has been completed um, and then also we have the appeals procedure which is essentially um, once you've received your results and you see that you're not happy with your results and you had been affected by some unforeseen circumstances prior to your assessments um, or even during the assessment period then you can appeal um, that grade and again that would be essentially the same outcome as the extenuating circumstance where your assessment attempt would be like voided and you'll have another um, opportunity to set that assessment again um, and with that, there's specific grounds that you have to appeal under. And obviously, all of this is just sounding like a load of jargon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm realizing it as I'm saying it. I'm like, oh, wait, this is sounding very boring. Um, but that's essentially what where we come in. We come in to help you through that that in those areas. So all of the more, I guess you would say, like complicated jargon, like what grounds you have to appeal under. So what um, what exactly you're disputing your grade for so that could be um you had um some administrative error that occurred that's um stopped you from submitting your assessment or that could be a um or like a procedural error where you haven't received your timetable for like a whole term which is very unlikely um i just can't think of anything else but if something like that has affected you then you would appeal under um the ground a which is um that there has been a procedural administrative error and then you have ground b which would be to say that you completely disagree with the result you've received you think um the marking doesn't reflect the work that you've um that you've completed um and then there's ground c which is essentially um you had unforeseen circumstances that had affected you at the time that you weren't able to tell the university um of beforehand um and you just have to make sure you provide evidence yeah. so a lot of the things that we do help with such as extenuating circumstances and appeals it is really based off of evidence in most cases um, and that wouldn't be assessed by the school. It wouldn't be assessed by the nursing school. It'll be assessed by, I guess you would say, an external body that's yeah. part of, that's technically part of BPP, which is the Office of Regulation and Compliance. So they'll be assessing your extenuating and appeals applications. Um, but yeah, that's just two of the two of the things that we help with um, when it comes to assessments. And then of course you have extensions as well. Um, which is more so if you've got coursework and you need a bit more time to finish your coursework, maybe seven days extra. Um, actually, I think that is the limit, seven days extra. Mm. Seven days unless you've got a learning support agreement you can get exactly. up to two weeks, I think. So Yes. I mm. was, so, sorry to interrupt, but also to um, throw in sort of another question at you is, 
Um, if I, yeah. So I, I already have a learning support agreement, um, or I'm in the process of getting one, should I say. Mm. Um, however, what if a student or apprentice doesn't have one? So how would they go around getting that? Because um, for me, it was quite nice and simple. My personal tutor helped me set it up. Um, I don't know if that's within her realms or... Well, it wasn't, I tell a lie, it wasn't my personal tutor. She recommended that I go and get one sorted and she pointed me in the right direction. But so how would a student or apprentice go ahead and get one of those learning support placements? And is it in, is there like an entitlement for that? So how would students know if they're entitled to a learning support agreement? Um, so simply students just have to contact learning support. Mm-hmm. Um I could even say their email address as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just learning support at bpp.com. Um, and if they contact them directly, learning support will reach out. And I believe they send an email. I guess I guess you would say it's like an automatic or generic email. So what tends to happen is, yeah, what tends to happen is, you know, you uh, you contact learning support um, with that email and they will tend to set up an appointment with you. Um, and kind of discuss um, why you're why you're there speaking to them, um, what's been going on, um, whether you have any diagnoses as well, because of course they may um, ask for medical evidence. That's really really important, just to make sure that you know they are supplying you w- with the um, correct provisions. Um, and then they will, and I can't remember the specific name of it, but they will fill out a specific form, and it will just kind of jot down all of the things that you are entitled to um, from your learning support agreement. So that could include um, extension dates, that could include um, extra time in exams, rest breaks, um, printer credit, all sorts of stuff, depending on, you know, what you've gone to them with and um, what you require to help help you to kind of um, support words uh, to help you to um, get the most out of your studies I think so um, they'll put together a learning support agreement I've remembered the name a learning support agreement and then you can use that to as a kind of tool then to make sure that you are um, kind of getting the most out of your studies and they can also advocate for you so if you would like to um, for example find out um, you know get reassurance that your um, learning support agreement will be put in place in exams. They can reach out and they do also um, know a lot about a lot of things in um, the general welfare realm. So um, they're a fantastic team and I'm sure I've not done them justice (laughs) with that. (laughs) Um, Going back to uh, one uh one of the statements you guys made is when you're making the appeal, um, have you in your sort of um, line of work ever ever made an appeal on behalf of a student or you've assisted, sorry, assisted a student or apprentice in an appeal and it's ever been rejected? How would a student, is there like an external body out of that to say, right, okay, we've rejected your appeal. Um, this is your next steps. What would be your ne- what would be a student's or apprentice's next step? Say, let's say they worked really hard on an assignment. They put their life and soul into it, but they just scraped a pass. When actually they're like, well, hang on, I've done. Looking at the marking criteria, I'm at least worth, or tell a lot. I, I at least deserve like say a sixty or a seventy percent. Um, what would you how? 
it goes to an appeal, the appeal is rejected, what happens next? I mean, in, in a situation like that, of course, it does happen when your application can be rejected and that might be because you haven't attached enough evidence or the evidence doesn't meet the guidelines. Um, and in situations like that, you would receive an email from the ORC, which would state what your next steps are, which is to send an email to the deputy vice chancellor, which is essentially... Um, you requesting for them to reconsider your appeal application and then again you just need to state the events that occurred during that period that affected you during the assessment period along with any evidence and then they'll they'll have a look at it again and see what they can do to help mm -hmm. um, and I believe it usually takes them up to 10 working days to respond which is quite um, quick. Which is quite quick yeah yeah so, yeah definitely so going so it's not the end of the line <laughs> yeah that's good that's good to know just for hopefully touchwood there's no let me put my teeth back in my mouth not that there's any time <laughs> not any time that i i want to appeal but just in case yeah. at least i know for, for future yeah as definitely well. so as members of staff from the university and um especially i want to focus it around the nursing school as well um if there is a student struggling, because I'm a big believer in nursing students and nurses in general are the worst at asking for help. Um, I, mm -hmm. I can take credit. I can take credit as well. You know, I hate asking for help because it. I don't, especially when I'm on shift, it's like, well, hang on, I'm a professional. I should be able to do these things by myself. Um, sometimes you can't. Um, so as members of staff, not just from the university, but as independent advice and wellbeing advisors, if a student was, or an apprentice, especially a nursing apprentice, how would you advocate for them to open up? How would you feel if one of them came to you with an issue regarding, um, not necessarily an academic issue, but say a personal issue or a financial issue, how would you, as as independent advice, how would you deal with that? How would you help them? Because like I said, I want to sort of, I know you're there for the entire university, but sort of focusing on nursing students mm -hmm. and using the horrible stereotype that nurses never ask for help <laughs> how would you nurses are natural born helpers yeah it's just who they are <laughs> yeah so how would you sort of advocate for student nursing students and apprentices to say well hang on take a step back think about how would you sort of get them to come to you for help if they ever needed it I think um, for me, and I, we may have two different approaches here because I think everyone helps differently and I think everyone approaches these kinds of situations differently. Um, and for me, um, it's um, about listening. Um, you know, if someone is disclosing something to you, they don't always want immediate answers. They want to be able to talk about it and, and you know, have someone to listen to them as they kind of get that off their chest. So it's about kind of listening with uh, with them for a while, just being there in that space and listening to them uh, really kind of disclose. And then I think what I tend to do in those kinds of situations is instead of kind of saying immediately where to go, uh, you know, oh, well, these people can help you with this or stuff. I do that down the line. But first of all, um, I kind of like to work in collaboration with the students and just... Um, make sure we're le they're leading the conversation on where they would like to go with what's happening. And I'm kind of putting in suggestions and having yeah. more of a conversation with them. Um, and, you know, if that leads them 
down the line to being able to get to the resources that they would like um, or to get, you know, a problem solved or um, to seek support. That's fabulous. Um, But I like to make sure that they have as much say as possible in that, because I think it's more empowering when you are working with someone to obtain support as a kind of, you know, I'm not going to immediately pass you along um, to the next one, but I will kind of hold your hand and walk you through this while you go and seek that support. Um, so, I mean, first of all, really listening. Um, and both myself and Tasneem have been mental health first aid trained, um, you know, and we have uh, conversations with students over very sensitive topics sometimes, um, fairly often. So we are well versed in kind of sitting and, and being comfortable in that space where people disclose. So, um, you know, non judgmental listening is the first really important part. And then just guiding someone through the process instead of passing them along. Um, and that's kind of how I approach these things. Okay, okay, that's true. Yeah. What about you, Tamsin? I, I completely gist. agree with what Jess said. We we definitely do do a lot of hand holding, <laughs> but it it does help, especially when you're when a student comes to you and they're being very vulnerable. I think in circumstances like that, they a hand a bit of hand holding can really make a big difference. And even if it's just let's just take a couple minutes out of the day and let's ha- just have a quick catch up call and just have a general chat like it doesn't necessarily have to be about your academics you can just talk to us about anything really um and then from there we can see what we can do next what the next options are um as jess said i i try not to lead the conversation i try to see what they would prefer to go um like what options they would prefer who they would like to speak to I would tell them first what the options are who who the different departments are such as safeguarding if it is a safeguarding issue or if it's um related to any like financial problems then um I might even plug this in now um as part of independent advice we have a crisis fund to help students that are in emergency um need for to fund groceries etc so um, that's a I think it's 200 pound um, cash award and then 50 pounds in vouchers as well um, in food vouchers Sainsbury's food vouchers so um, we're able to support students in that regard as well um, yeah so we really do just try to stay with the student as well so if we're having to I guess you would say signpost them to another department we're going to be there whilst we're signposting you to the other department we'll try well I always try to be in the meetings with if it's learning support I'll say oh do you want me to come and join the meeting with you so you just have a friendly face there I think that always helps as well um but yeah a lot of just being by your side you're not alone in it and we completely understand it's completely fine
any student or especially any nursing student that feels like oh do you know what i have nowhere to turn um i feel like if i disclose some information um it may affect where i am in terms of my studies where would where would you come with that because be the episode is nursing with guidance we're all here to guide each other and especially i'm glad you two are both on actually because um you know you're here to guide us and help us so where would you as independent advice um professionals and advisors how would you fit into that if you if a nursing student from our university is listening and going oh do you know what i have nowhere to turn i feel like if i disclose something um it's going to affect me especially where i am in my studies at the moment um what would you is there any advice you can give that person can they is there a way they could report something or disclose something anonymously yeah i, I mean i think in so i think it says it in our name as well just independent advisors as independent advisors we do keep as much as we can confidential and we're not going to go directly to a department without your permission or we're not going to go speak to another um, another party without your permission it's always with the student's consent first yeah. first and foremost always student's consent on what information they would like us to share and if they don't want us to share that information and they want it to stay with within us then that's completely fine unless it's a case of they could be in a situation which could put themselves at harm or others at harm then of course in those situations yeah. we would have to take it up to the necessary people but um in most cases we really really do make a very strong effort to not to not pass information along without the student's consent um but yeah Jess do you want to add to that yeah and I think that's um you know the the confidentiality aspect is the most important thing here um because we they may be in a situation where we may need to go and get further like a second opinion or further guidance from someone who is school-based but what we can do is kind of you know go to them with anonymity so that's the main kind of confidentiality thing here is um uh, you know we'll go there and we'll say you know there is a student who has asked us about this and they're not then directly going to someone and saying you know i need this or i'm wondering this it's that kind of barrier between we're like bridging the gap between students and central university staff because we're very much an independent body so we can move between the groups and carry that anonymity for students and also when you know students are comfortable with us breaking that anonymity we can also advocate for them um you know if they are waiting on something or if they are concerned about something we can advocate for them um within their school or within their university and different teams as well okay that's really good to know because um i i've not had personally i've not had anyone come to me with any issues like that but it's good to know that you guys are there especially uh, going back to a previous sort of statement I made that nursing students and apprentices and nurses in general are very, in my experience anyway, and the awful stereotype are reluctant to ask for help. Or when they do ask for help, they mainly get it from their peers that, you know, may or may not always have the right answer. So it's always good to know that we've got you guys. But um, on the flip side of that, almost, what is if 
I say the flip side, but um, a totally irrelevant question to what we've just been discussing. <laughs> so, um, if because I basically, if a student is listening or uh, an apprentice is listening, and they're like, "Oh, do you know what? Yes, I'm gonna go to Jess. I'm gonna go to Tamsin. I'm gonna they're gonna be able to." Have you guys ever had a positive result? That's basically what I'm saying. Have you ever, in your roles, what I'm saying is, have you followed a student from crisis or from issue? to them getting their appeal on their grade or to them being awarded that financial help they needed to get themselves out of a bit of a crisis. Um, have you, not asking for names or anything specific, anything like that, but have you guys ever in your roles gone, do you know what, I'm so glad that person came to me uh, from XYZ school or from the nursing school and gone, do you know what, I'm really glad I helped that person. Is there any like specifics or examples you can or are willing to disclose? I, I think we both have yeah. had plenty it's like the of best students. Part of this job. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both have had plenty of students that we've been helping and we've seen a very positive outcome and it's the most rewarding feeling you can possibly have and um especially when it's when a student is going through a mental health crisis for instance. Um, being able to see them get their appeal accepted it's like the one thing that's really weighing on them to see them finally have a successful appeal and get being given another opportunity that they desperately need it's just yeah we 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 see it all the time really (laughs) and it's not it's not a case of like oh yes the ORC just gives our appeals successfully everywhere that's not necessarily true um it really depends like per um application to application um but yeah of course we we see plenty of successful um um successful results with students sorry Jess you wanna I mean I I I, you know I don't work to be thanked but I have been working in higher education for a few years (laughs) um since graduating I don't know how long ago maybe oh I don't know I don't know um not long long ago but a fair time ago um and um I've never been in a job where I've been thanked so much and we get this I see them for Tasnim in the inbox I see them for me in the inbox and we will get an email back saying you know my appeal's been accepted or my extenuating circumstances been accepted or um you know thank you for speeding this process along it's finally all sorted and I can you know move on to the next thing um you know we really do root for the students that we help out and it's so lovely that we get to come into these messages sometimes where it's just overwhelming joy from a student because they've been able to remedy something that's happened because they have been in an absolutely you know unforeseeable circumstances that is not their fault Um, or we get to see students who feel like they've just got a new start because they get to try again after thinking that you know they had just um you know harmed their academic career um through something that wasn't you know maybe a fault of their own or something that wasn't in their control so we do we see this all the time and it is it's it's very lovely it's very uplifting actually to see this um and we really do root for people yeah
feels like you guys do like a really wonderful thing for your students and for the apprentices of BPP. Um, but when, when has it ever failed? When has all of your independent being semi or fully independent? When has that failed? Has you like? I'm not asking for specifics, but I'm saying like, have you come across a situation in your time at BPP where you've ever thought or ever come across where it's like, oh, do you know what I? really can't help you or i don't know where to point you um there's people around me that can't give me the answer i'm looking for to help you is has, has there like again i'm not asking for specifics um but have you ever found a situation where you found yourself like i can't like i like either be it situational or be it a policy is there a way a student can go do you know what i don't agree with that um is there a way around that or is there a way to um, point a student in a direction where it's like, do you know what? We can't help you, but X, Y, Z can. <laughs> oh, that's a tongue of thought, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. with that for a second. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. I think there's a few facets to that My question. Um, and no, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I love a broad question because it means I can talk loads. Uh, <laughs> um, I think sometimes there are situations where we say, I can't help you just because some things aren't in our remit. And, you know, we totally understand that sometimes it can be frustrated yeah. to be passed along uh, <laughs> to the next person. Sometimes there are things that we really, really, um, we know that another team is uh, you know, they they hold that area of expertise and they do it very, very well. So, you know, we do signpost quite a bit. So, for example, um, visa questions. Whilst we do know some visa information, um, we have a whole international advice team um, who specialise in these questions and are fantastic at answering these questions. So there are times, you know, where... We will just move along gently. Um, but of course, offer, you know, if you have any other questions or need support with anything else, this is what we can help with. And this is what we're best at helping you with. But really, these are the best people for you. Um, <laughs> is that, that's, that's fine. If like, That was quite a tough question, if I'm honest. I thought yeah. that was a bit mean of me to ask I'm... that. But no, it's always good. It is good to know <laughs> and it is good to disclose Bye. this because, you know, there will be times, especially in nursing practice, there will be times where, you know, you can do everything you can and you you can do absolutely everything, give them XYZ drug, you can do everything and being dr trying to bring it back to nursing, um, you know, there'll be things where simply you can do whatever you want and do whatever you can, but it's just not going to help. So being with you guys has actually helped because we are nursing with guidance and your guidance everything you have said has really helped um i do have a few final things to ask you about though so um in the event a student from another university ever hears this because i know this is very bp this has been a very bpp university focused episode which i actually liked i've actually liked i didn't think it would be as focused as it was but i've enjoyed it um have you got any advice? Let's say a student from another university has picked up this podcast from, from somewhere and gone, do you know what? That's really helpful that these guys at BBP University have got this service. Um, what would you say 
if another student from anywhere across the world mm. or anywhere across the UK had picked this up and gone, do you know what, let's have a listen and what would you say to them? Because obviously you can't help them because they don't study with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say, here's my email, <laughs> you can contact them, no, I'm joking. Um, I, 100% I would say, please check your university has all of these support services because I'm pretty sure they should do, um, especially um, a student union, a student association or anything along those lines or an SU advice. Um, I, I believe most universities should yeah. have those um, those different avenues. So, yeah, please always look out for the different support services that your university provides. Um, what about you, Jess? I think mine's a little more kind of um, disability or, you know, welfare related. But um, there are a lot of times that I speak to people who want to access support but don't know if they're eligible. So, and this is, you know, this occurs in every single university and in many, many students. So if you don't know if you're eligible for something, ask. Don't put it off or avoid it because you are not sure just go along and ask the question or sign up and see where it gets you because if there is support out there that you can access you can access that support for a reason as well um you know if there's support out there that you can access try to access it because it can really make a massive massive difference um and yeah every university will have its own uh, support systems in place um but a lot of them are very very similar as well so there is likely to be like Taslim said there's a likely to be a service like ours in your students union or in your students association and also in general engage in your students union um they're fantastic to get involved with it's incredible yeah <laughs> I mean like Harry I did a lot of volunteering when I was a student and I was um a not a representative but I was a member of peer support so I do similar activities and it is just fantastic experience as well so make the most of those kinds of things as well because they're great experience for employability but also just in general um, they're a fantastic way to get engaged with your university and get involved and, and meet people I think so yeah so what are your silver bullets so what I mean by that is what piece of advice or piece of guidance would you give anyone that not is not necessarily just struggling or is not neat or is in need of advice what would you say what is your silver bullet to say do you know what this is when i need what advice would you give these people i have a general very general one because i have i have little subtopics with these little phrases that i use constantly um but my most general one is probably um you know a google can do a lot of good you can learn a lot from a google and you can if you're seeking advice if you're trying to figure something out a google can do a hell of a lot of good but also that's never going to be able to replace reaching out and talking to someone because you when you're looking for an avenue of support when you're googling something or going on a website and looking at a specific topic that's giving you a very kind of pinpointed answer but if you go and seek support from whether that's an advice service or you know a GP or if you're going to talk to someone else who is is trained in that area 
that discussion is going to come up with different subtopics and you're going to veer off in different directions and you're probably going to learn a lot more about um, support that you hadn't considered or questions that you hadn't thought to ask yourself. So uh, Google's good as a starting point, but always reach out for support um, because those conversations can make a lot of difference. And also just to add, don't be scared to reach out to us, honestly, or reach out to any support services at any university. But yeah, reach out to us. We're always here to support. And as we were saying earlier, we're always trying to see the best outcome for all of our students. That's the main <laughs> thing for us. It's the one thing that makes me wake up in the morning <laughs> to come to work. I want to see students succeed. So, yeah, always feel free to reach out to us whenever. Okay, awesome. So, guys, could you just share your emails, if that's okay with you guys? Because yes. it's going to be mainly, obviously, this is a very BPP-focused episode. So, um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing your emails and sharing, if you've got, like, a board yeah. email just for your team or... Of course, we want to hear more from our nursing school students. We don't hear from you guys enough. Just bother <laughs> us. Bother our inbox. Email email us as much as you can. Um, so our inbox is independentadvice at bpp.com. Very simple. Independentadvice at bpp.com. Wonderful. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you. you. Wonderful. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you, guys. Thank you.